0: He took the role as a barrel man and funny man in the rodeo arena to a level no one had ever done before and has become the Western sports industry's ultimate entertainer. I was influenced by stand-up comedians and Garth Brooks. Flint Rasmussen is my guest today as we talk about how he got started, his career with professional bull riders, and his thoughts on the role that Western sports play in connecting with non-agricultural people. Uh, I got asked one time, why don't you guys use female bulls? Said, well that would be a cow. It's the one and only Flint Rasmussen on this episode of the Working Ranch Radio Show. <laughs> everyone and we welcome you here again. It's another episode of the Working Ranch Radio show. I'm Justin Mills. We're glad to have you joining us on our program today. And if you heard that intro, you know you, you were in for a treat here today. I'm glad to have Mr. Flint Rasmussen joining us on our program, The One and Only, as you see the title of our program today, because really, you know, and uh when it comes to the western sports industry, and that of course uh, includes professional bull riders, uh, rodeo that we see out there, he is a name that is synonymous with those sports in the fact of in the realm of entertainment and so it was I uh, had an opportunity to be up in Billings Montana for a week for a school up there and was able to sit down with Flint as he before he kind of got back on the road going to a couple different events uh, and so I'm glad to be able to share this conversation with you as I sit down with Flint and uh, always entertaining but at the same time one of the things that we're going to talk about in that too is is really where he feels the role is with the Western sports industry in making a connection with those not affiliated with agriculture now if you heard that opening it was kind of a, a funny thing in there but it, he does take it quite seriously and i think you're going to hear uh that come out in this in our conversation today with him and so i appreciate him taking the time to do that our guest again today mr flint rasmussen also don't forget climbing up towards the end of the program meteorologist don day will be stepping in as we take a look at our long-term weather of what it's going to be looking like across the country here for the next couple of weeks A Thank you to our sponsors of the Working Ranch Radio Show, Bobcat One Tough Tractor. Now, you can go to their website at bobcat.com, and they've got a tool in there. It's called their Build and Quote Tool, and you can design your ideal machine. Check it out at bobcat.com. Also, Gelvey and Balancer, the smart, reliable, and profitable choice. For more information, go to their website at gelvey.org. Well, as we regularly do here in our program, the Captain Tim O'Byrne Publisher and editor of Working Ranch Magazine checks in, and here is this week's edition of Tim's Two Cents.
1: Hey, Justin. Hey, everybody out there in Working Ranch Radio Land. The June-July issue should be in your mailbox here pretty quick. Check it out. Go to page 14. That's my top-and-out column where I usually ramble on and on about something that's got me all fired up. But this time, I asked Chelsea Good the Vice President of Government and Industry Affairs and Legal at the Livestock Marketing Association, to jump in there and fill us in on what's going on in Washington. And she starts off this guest column pretty cool. Here's a quote. This squall between the Packers and the producers of this country ought to have blown over 40 years ago, but we still have it on our hands. Justin, do you think that's a quote that just came out of the woodwork here a couple weeks ago? No, it came from Senator John B. Kendrick of Wyoming. He made the statement in 1919. That was 103 years ago. And she goes on to write, While this declaration could easily have been made in one of the six livestock hearings held in Washington, D.C. in the past two years, it happened 103 years ago. Excellent article, Chelsea. Thank you so much, folks. Read up on it. Justin, I want to hear your opinion on it uh maybe in the next episode give us two two or three minutes on it thanks have a great day folks and justin i know you got an excellent show
0: Well, Captain, thanks for that, and uh, definitely kind of piques the curiosity there to read the rest of that article in the next issue of Working Ranch Magazine, and probably like everybody else listening, I I was a little surprised when you said the time frame of that quote that that would have been from a recent congressional hearing, and then, of course, the surprise there that that was a quote from the early 1900s, so a big issue then, a big issue now, and so it'll be an interesting article to read in the next edition of Working Ranch Magazine. Speaking of Working Ranch Magazine. If you do not have a subscription, you can get your started today by going to workingranchmag.com, and you can sign up to get started there. We'll stay with us when we come back. We'll head into our featured interview as entertainer Flint Rasmussen with the Professional Bull Riders joins us as we continue here in just a few moments on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Living in the country means working in the country, and that calls for a tough tractor. Well, Bobcat has 15 models in its compact tractor lineup from 21 to 58 horsepower. With the help of your local Bobcat dealer, you'll find a perfect match for your property and to-do list. Get a look at all the different models at Bobcat.com, and while you're there, use the build and quote tool to design your ideal machine. Get yourself one tough tractor from one tough animal. Bobcat. Visit Bobcat.com. And we welcome you back here to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills. As we head now into our featured interview today, a little bit different direction today. Is, you know, we're, we're always kind of pretty serious here on the show as far as really getting into some nitty gritty issues that uh, affect our ranches here across the country. Today, a little bit of different direction, but don't get me wrong. Uh, there's some elements we're going to talk about here today that do uh, are very important to our ranching industry. My guest today is Flint Rasmussen, and if uh, folks, of course, the last many years back, if you been watching professional bull riders you know the man in the middle of the arena and the entertainer for professional bull riders is flint rasmussen and flint i appreciate you joining you, us here
2: you do you you ranchers you're too serious all the time <laughs> yeah. it's always when's it gonna rain when's it gonna stop raining when you know it's you're too serious i, yeah. I do got to tell you we're, we talked before we yeah. started about how spotty everything how nature's so funny where my My folks, my dad and brother, who have a few cows up on the Rocky Mountain front in Shoto, Montana, Mm -hmm. they have gotten no rain. Yeah. You know, it's just like a desert. And then down here, it's been that way in Southeast Montana. You know, for two years, it hasn't rained. And uh, a good friend of mine, I did a podcast with a kid, Dougie Hall. He's an Indian kid from up in Browning, Mm -hmm. and he's an inspirational speaker. He's just, and we were talking about drought and rain. And he said, he said, like my grandpa told me, he gave me words of wisdom when it's dry. He said, "Remember, it always rained again, except mm-hmm. that one time." <laughs> so there you go. <laughs>
0: <See>? <laughs> but okay, loosen up today. Yeah, just, I know. Uh, I just yeah. relax a little bit there. Yeah. Um, let's let's first start. I know a lot of folks probably are familiar with you. I mean, you've been in the in the Western sports industry for years. But I want let's go back to to your how you kind of got started i know your dad uh was a rodeo announcer Mm -hmm, i mean you you kind of were in that and so you've always been around that element but uh you're also a school teacher by trade i was yeah i you know i grew up
2: you know my earliest memories are in a camper on the back of a pickup or then they got a little motor home (laughs) my dad all summer Uh, announced rodeos, but he never was a PRCA rodeo announcer. He was in the NRA. Mm -hmm. So we didn't have that reference of big rodeos. You know, people say, who is the rodeo clown you looked up to and modeled after? And I didn't really have any. Like, that wasn't my interest. I went to rodeos because that's where we went. Mm -hmm. That was our summers. And I was more interested in going over to the carnival. You know, (laughs) hey, dad, give me a 20. I'm going to go ride some rides. But in the meantime, like my mom said, I grew up, we all grew up on the steps of the announcer stand. So I watched rodeo not from the bleachers looking from the front. Mm-hmm. I watched rodeo. From the announcer stand from the back, yeah. So I just sat there like this and watched what was going on. Watched Dale Small, who mm-hmm. is the stock contractor, yeah. yell at guys to nod their face, nod their head quicker. <laughs> um, the way they transitioned from event to event that was a big thing at his rodeos. Yeah. My dad announced he wanted them two hours. Yeah. You know, they want he wanted them shorter. He'd put eight calf ropers in the performance and twelve bareback riders, and yeah, and so <clears throat> that was my earliest influence. So you know but going up junior high and high school i was a i was in sport i was a football basketball Mm -hmm. track guy all state yeah football yeah and uh but i was also in the all-state choir Uh. so i had this weird combination of in the school play but but had to leave basketball practice to get to play practice you know it was i didn't think anything of it Mm -hmm. i i think that we had back then, personalities were a little stronger to, you could do all that and not worry about what people said, whatever. And so when I went to college, I kind of missed that sports deal. You know, I, I went to Western Montana college in Dillon, So I still rural, you know, my dad had a few cows, but it was never our main thing Mm -hmm. ranching, but we knew ranching. And but I missed the sports thing, and I was sitting around the dinner table one night. We were sitting around the table visiting. My dad was there. My brother Will was there, and his career, rodeo announcing career, was kind of starting to grow. And we, well, for some reason, we were having this discussion about rodeo clowns. And I said, man, it, you know, I remember seeing rodeo clowns when I was five years old and seeing them now, and they're doing the same thing. Exactly. And we had this whole discussion about why does nobody change? Like, why don't they... Change what they're doing. I said, I could do it. And my dad said, Do it. Yeah. I'm, like, uh, I'm too cool. <laughs> uh. So they made a couple calls. And I scraped together a, a uniform, a costume, <laughs> and I knew how to do it. <laughs> You'd been seeing life. <laughs> Will had the rodeo in Superior, Montana, and knew the committee and called him and said, To my brother, he's not going to fight bulls. He's just going to be funny and mm-hmm. whatever. That's fine. It's out. And it, it, they love when you work for nothing. Yeah, you know? for sure. So yeah. And then Don Jacobs, <laughs> and then I did the college rodeo. Dylan Don Jacobs hired me to do NRA rodeos the next summer, and so during college and through the start of my two-year teaching career, it was my summer gig, yeah. and and so. It kind of blew up, you know, it took off. Everybody thinks it just took off and everything was given to me. But There were some lean years Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, after I quit teaching school to try it. It was it was not easy. And but I think philosophy wise, I think the problem I see in young guys starting in this mm-hmm. career now is is they start from day one with these big aspirations that they want to do the biggest rodeos in the country. Yeah. That was never, that was never in my head at all. Yeah. I was just doing it because I enjoyed it. So I did NRA rodeos for five years mm-hmm. before I even, Lloyd Ketchum talked yeah. to me into uh, buying my PRCA card and having people sign for me. And Well, in the meantime, in those five years, I kind of perfected my craft where I think young kids now are, you know, they do one year of open and amateur rodeos and they're ready. Yeah. They want to go to Cheyenne. They're ready for Pendleton right now. Yeah. And it just isn't realistic, but maybe it is. I see some of them doing it, but I don't think it helps the quality uh, at all. But I like to think I changed Mm -hmm. some, set the bar a little higher, changed the style a little bit. And it, it brought a, there's this big tradition in Western sports rodeo. Yeah of what a rodeo clown should be, and I think I've changed that, but I think it's opened the eyes to small-town people, rural America that this all can cross over yeah I, you know if you're at a rodeo i can dance like michael jackson it's okay i'm not threatening your lifestyle
0: here so yeah, yeah. Um, well and and i think i remember what i came into uh when i was took over at the nile and going down to las vegas for the prca meetings at the time you had just started mm-hmm. and and had, you'd been in about a year or so exclu- on your exclusive contract with pbr and i remember going to the award ceremony down at the prca convention and the first thing they they, of course they have all these different awards Mm -hmm. you know man of the can and and barrel man you know on all the the different awards for for barrel men or clowns and the first thing that those guys that get up is i'm glad flint (laughs) (laughs) raspis i remember i remember keith Isley said that that first year i wasn't there but somebody said that was keith that he said that and (laughs) that is flattering i remember as a kid going to a rodeo when you're a little kid that is that catches your eye and that was a very entertaining part Mm -hmm. a very memorable part of your rodeo experience as a kid i grew up in a ranch family but we never rodeoed i mean that was just we never did that but and then as you grow up you find out the same jokes you heard as a five-year-old was the same jokes you were hearing when you were later Mm -hmm. on and and what we saw when is you put kind of i you know i'm in a school right now where we're supposed to break out of our paradigms and i think that's what you did with the industry yeah
2: yeah it's it's funny that that tradition of what a lot rodeo clowns used to do still there's a believe it or not there's a stigma there mm-hmm. and yeah it's um i don't you know i as far as rodeo clown influences i get asked that a lot and i always say i was influenced by stand-up comedians yeah and garth brooks yeah remember he go. was the first country singer to yeah. put on a a show. And and I remember him yeah. talking about engaging the person in the top row, yeah. going into the crowd. And, and I took his entertainment philosophy and the real um, observational humor and combined it. Yeah. And the dancing stuff, that wasn't something I invented. That's just what I, that's when I hear music, you. that was just what I did. You just got a jig. Yeah, it? That is, that's just what I do. And <laughs> now the next, you know, I remember I quit doing the NFR. <laughs> and Sean Davis and I had a very good relationship. He trusted yep, me. Yep. The only clown ever to wear a microphone at the NFR. Yeah. And he'd let me dance. And, but I left and the next guy that came in, he's like, they made him. I still see it at the NFR. They make the barrel man dance to get the crowd going before the bull riding. Well, that's not what they do. Like now he's just plugging somebody in to a position that that was my style. Mm-hmm. That's why I did it. Yeah. And like not everybody da- that you can't yeah. expect that from everyone cuz mm-hmm. cuz I I can say Justin I'm I'm a dancer. Man. Yeah.
0: Well, it, I'm a good dancer, you are. damn it. Yeah. <laughs> you are. Well, and that's why you know that was what I I feel And we'll talk about that we're going to take a break here just a bit and we're going to talk about the next element and that was when you signed your exclusive contract with pbr because i think that was uh, a a part uh, that really has exposed a lot of people to you uh, Mm -hmm. across the country and so we'll talk about that when we return you're listening to the working ranch radio show my guest today is flint rasmussen and we'll be back when we return after these messages For commercial cow calf producers, crossbreeding with Galve and Balancer is the smart, reliable, and profitable choice. Galve and Balancer females offer maternal superiority through increased fertility, greater longevity, and more pounds of calf weaned per cow exposed. In the feed yard, Balancer cattle can offer increased performance, improve feed efficiency, and have excellent carcass merit. Balancers add the pounds, make the grade, and deliver the value. Galve and Balancer, the smart, reliable and profitable choice for more information go to galvate.org cattle producers here's a way to put more dollars in your pocket put the Amifirm advantage found in all gain smart mineral to work in your cow herd AmiFirm is the industry leader in increasing fiber digestion. In fact, research shows putting AmiFirm to work increases forage utilization by 10%, reducing overall forage costs and allowing you to graze more animals per acre. That's a big-time return on your investment. To find which GainSmart mineral formula is right for your herd, visit GainSmart.com. and we welcome you back here to the working ranch radio show i'm justin mills and our guest today is flint rasmussen and uh we were talking a little bit uh about flint earlier you know kind of where you got started and how you took over the element of your role as a barrel man in rodeo and and the things that that projected you into the next uh element of your life and we're going to talk about that now because i'm assuming it was a 19 uh uh, you signed an exclusive t- contract in 2005, correct? Yeah, with, I, it was with PBR. Uh,
2: for the 06 season. The, 06 that, the last or... NFR
0: I did was 05. So yep. I'm, I'm assuming Randy Bernard gave you a call or met you somewhere. Yeah, and, had, and what was, well, was it an automatic yes for you? Or, no, or, or did you be like, oh, shoot. so So the deal was I was doing PBRs yeah. <clears throat> in the
2: winter, you know, filling in. Okay, yeah. I'd, really what I was doing since about... The first world finals I did, PBR finals, was 1997. Okay. So I was doing... I was kind of a face of the PBR a little in that position, but I would do... You know, I would go to Rapid City and Tucson and, you know, Red Bluff and Clovis in the spring, and then I'd schedule PBRs on all those open weekends. So it really gave me an opportunity in the rodeo business. If you're working all winter, you're pretty dang successful. Like, that's a bonus. So I was working all winter. Mm -hmm. So Randy came to me the winter of 05 and said, I want, I got a deal for you. Uh, I want you to, if people want to see you perform I want it to be at a PBR they know that if you want to see Flint you got to go to the PBR mm-hmm. I said do you know what I make because they weren't paying me that yeah, well yeah, yeah, it was uh, rodeos <laughs> were paying me much better yeah. and I said Randy you don't know what I make rodeoing by the time I'll if I win Coors Man the Can if I get the NFR there's bonuses here bonuses mm-hmm. there I, you don't no, and I kind of told him, mm-hmm. and he said, "I'll I'll pay you that per year on a salary." Uh, and I was kind of an employee at the time. They had made me an employee, even though I was yeah. not exclusive. And and so I said, "No, I can't. I love rodeoing too much." I no. Well, it was weird that the winter ended and I started my summer run of rodeos, and my enthusiasm was just kind of gone. Mm-hmm. I. I was a little burned out um really i felt like heading into that summer of oh five i thought what more can i do i i yes i had i was going to reno and, and calgary yeah. and cheyenne and uh, ellensburg and pendleton yeah but i just felt like uh, that's what i felt yeah like. uh, what and that was it's by no means uh my thought on rodeo in general. I'm a rodeo guy. Every, it, all the guys I work with in the PBR, we're all, rodeo, all rodeo guys. guys
0: before they the, were, We
2: yeah. just make a career decision, do something a little different. And, and so I went back to Randy the, about June and I called him and I said, is that offer still good? And he said, yeah, and, but I had deals at rodeo. So I went to each of them and handled it the correct way. Mm-hmm. I'm not coming back. This is what I'm going to do. It was never, it really was never about money. Like people say, Oh, Flint took a big payday. It really wasn't. Um, because I was doing well rodeoing and probably could do good now. Still good. Um, so, you know, PBR is kind of my kind of show. Yeah. There's, there's a real desire. We go to, you know, New York and Chicago and LA and Seattle you know you go to these different cities bringing our lifestyle to these people the show's a little more contemporary I nothing's real scripted I gotta it's a real challenge mm-hmm. with live TV and tape TV to fit in where you can and it is a challenge mm-hmm. and um it was just something different yeah and so I I have fit in you know early on Jerome Robinson who was yeah. on the, in the formative years of PBR, I had done rodeos for him and he's the one that brought me in because I fit what PBR was trying to do. Mm-hmm. So through the years now I've completely adapted. I'm, I'm more ingrained in the production than a step in and out like a rodeo clown does. Yeah, yeah. That's the big difference. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, we, you know, it's, it's the Western world. Our Kendra Santos, yeah. she calls it uh, our Western empire. Mm-hmm. you know, now with rodeo and bull riding and timed event championships. Mm-hmm. And there's so many well, now things. women's rodeo, really rodeo, you know, with, with the sports they added
0: it. and shoot.
2: Yeah. So the BBR thing was never, I mean, here, here's what's funny about rodeo. And I, I'm critical of the Western sports world. Uh, very publicly, very sure. critical. It, it's funny that we say rodeo. Cowboys should make more money. It's too bad. Cowboys don't make more money. Then when they make more money, well, they don't try as hard now because they're making all this money or Flint's a sellout Mm because he made more money. Um, I don't know what I have another saying that Cowboys, they they want to be treated like professional athletes until they get treated like (laughs) professional (laughs) athletes, you know, criticism or, um, you know, the PBR is doing some team stuff this year. Some of the guys didn't get drafted onto a team. Well, that's not fair. You're an adult. You're a professional. <laughs> fair, fair is a fair is for pigs with ribbons, you know. So I am yeah. critical, but not in a I don't like it way. Uh, I wish somebody'd listen to me,
0: yeah. kind of a yeah. way. Mm-hmm. So as pbr began to grow it started in 1992 and of course we're recording this here and we're here in billings and billings was one of the mm-hmm. original stops we got guys right down the road that were part of pbr when it started you were part of pbr kind of when it started as well so a lot of history in the western part of this country there and you talk about you know when you started with it and from then till now talk about maybe some of the positives And the negatives Mm. that you think has has happened. I'm sure you had to deal with a lot of elements that was as that PBR really pressed the limit as far Mm. as production. Yeah. um, How they treated the contestants. Yeah. There was a big, lot
2: of stuff there. When I first started doing some PBRs in 1996, we were all independent contractors. You got hired just like a rodeo. It really was. A lot like a rodeo mm-hmm. but it just had bull riding uh so the production wasn't as edgy you know it was every bull rider there was still rodeoing that's why that traditional season of go in the winter and spring yeah. take a break start up in the fall that was held on to because those guys were going rodeoing mm-hmm. in the summer and so it just gradually developed into not an intentional Ooh, let's not do it like rodeo it just we we realized we could push the limits because we didn't have the restriction of rodeo Mm -hmm. i remember when randy bernard came and said i'm gonna put a a a cage in the middle around camera pit Mm -hmm. so that we can get a better camera uh, shot for tv but i'll put a stage on top of it and it'll be in the center of the arena and I was against it I said no really this takes away from the whole big arena thing so show up and sure enough they put a dang shark cage in the middle of the arena Mm -hmm. now I go to bull ridings around uh as we do this I'm headed to Deadwood hey we'll have shark cage in the middle for you well that's fine I don't need it (laughs) But, but okay well and everybody thought that was crazy well, guess what? Bulls don't care. They buck right there. They, yeah. They're not using the arena. There's no timed events. They're, you know, little things like that. Then the lighting, then the, then the pyro in the dirt, then the introduction of Cowboys. Everything we did was pushing forward and truthfully, people say difference between, hey, do you like working for PBR better than working for the PRCA? Well, for one, I never worked for the yeah, PRCA. Yeah. That's the you difference. You worked for the committee. Yeah. Um, but it it's it was it's just thing we sell things a little different we sell different things mm-hmm. uh, we've made riders stars because it's on TV every week and the bulls are stars yeah uh, I get questions I do a show at PBR World Finals and. I allow fans to ask questions at the show, and they are like two or three of them. Hey, we need, we want to know the bull score on every bull. Well, can you imagine that happening at the NFR? Yeah, what a bull score <laughs> is, and PBR fans want to know that stuff. And as far as you know, uh, all of it isn't good. And the thing about Randy Bernard was the king of trying stuff. Mm-hmm. Hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to try this in the opening. We're going to try this. I told Randy, I tell him to this day, man, you know, when I was working for you, you had a lot of good ideas, or you had a lot of ideas. Yeah. A lot of them were really crappy ideas, <laughs> but he was in a time where, you know, we used to sell out arenas because you couldn't go. There weren't standalone bull riding events on every no, corner huh? and in every arena. Now we have to do it different. And present something way yeah. better to get yep. those people to come because they can go see bull riding yeah. anywhere. Yeah. I mean, every little freaking arena in Montana has had some kind of bullarama, <laughs> <laughs> or and uh, so you know, Randy was in a perfect situation to really grow the PBR and have things snowball because. There wasn't really another option. than mm-hmm. he did. Randy yeah, would he, do stuff and he'd chew our butts and it's like, come on, man, that's dumb. You know? <laughs> but right now there's some things, honestly, the PBR is doing that I scratch my head and hope it yeah. goes well. Yeah. But it's innovative. And we in this world, whether it's whether it is rodeo or bull riding or ranching or yeah. farming innovation isn't always accepted it's it's pretty easy to kind of get in a groove and want to stay there yeah so um i wish i had more say i feel yeah. like if you're wanting to know stuff about yeah, the yeah. pbr i feel like i know exactly what crowds respond to and what they react to and and i get the feedback because i'm the public face and i wish higher ups in the pbr would include me in a lot more yeah. of that and ask me more um there is an element there's not many cowboys in the office now mm-hmm. there it's uh, i do not believe that selling wwe or or ufc or nascar is the same i feel like western sports is a little more unique uh, catering to a uh, a different demographic and i feel like i could be a good influence there so i mean yeah, though, yeah. they're little things yeah. but otherwise yeah. you know the the check is always good <laughs>
0: it,
3: always <laughs> it always cash always yeah it's
0: <laughs> man the, but the places i've got to go and the
3: people oh, absolutely it's
1: crazy yeah. yeah
0: my guest today is flint rasmussen entertainer for pbr uh i hate to just put that title on you because i think you're more than that i mean you're 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 an entertainer and and a and a face for Western sports. Really. I I see. I feel that. So he's our guest today. We're going to, we have one more segment with him. We're going to come back when we return here on the working ranch radio show. Starting off in the right direction is essential to gaining an advantage later. When you go to market your calves. And I have proof that the right direction is with Sim Angus sired calves. A 2020 study by K State showed that Sim Angus sired steer calves earn more at sale time than all other breed identified sire groups with at least 50 lots represented on Superior Livestock's 2020 summer sales. The proof's right there. For low risk, high potential calves with earning potential, be confident that Sim Genetics will give you more per head, period. Stand strong, Simmental. and welcome back here to the working ranch radio show i'm justin mills if you're just joining us here our guest today is mr flint rasmussen who is entertainer for pbr but entertainer more than that i mean he is uh events that we see out there with rodeo are you going to say a global icon global that, icon. i don't know I just, I, that,
2: that, <laughs> I didn't thanks that for up. the help now somebody's gonna go he's so
0: arrogant i'm kidding yeah. um isn't there a mills wyoming there is, is there a, a just outside. in fact you're going to be in casper next week you're yeah. going there to watch your daughter oh, right. compete in the college, college national finals, finals mills, mills is
2: connected to casper right there it's up like towards the airport yeah correct yep, yep. Mm-hmm. wasn't kelly
0: timberman, timberman was from, from mills from, yep. wyoming mm-hmm. how yep. about that flowing yep. out a little <laughs> <straight>. <laughs> yeah. there you
2: go sorry i <laughs> no. interrupted
0: you but I... um we, we were talking before about uh how it's cool to be a cowboy now we're kind of getting back into that we've had a lot of help with hollywood or tv mm. that's helped with that uh we you were talking about the dynamics of covid and people wanting to move out of some of these areas and and find places more rural everywhere i go and i say i'm from wyoming in or
2: from montana whatever <laughs> it doesn't matter wyoming. we're all the same you got your wyoming cowboy we be, t-shirt. i do have a wyoming <laughs> t-shirt on. um it's cool yeah oh my god you're from montana do you watch Yellowstone? That's the next question, um, and I say not really. But I'm not anti Yellowstone. Where's the train station? I, yeah, I don't even know where a damn train station is. Whitefish, I guess. I don't know. Um, but it, it it is. It's it be everywhere you go. New York City. Oh mm-hmm. my God, you're from Montana. I watch Yellowstone. Like that's their in. Yeah, yeah, you know. But they really think that's how it is. That's, yeah. Um, Sadly. But I say I, I can be critical of the Western sports world. And one of the things I am I am critical of, and a good friend of mine, Fallon Taylor, mm-hmm. she's yep. a very, you know, culturally rodeo Western sports. She's very outspoken and she has a family now and stuff. You don't see as much of her, but we used to talk about it. You go to a rodeo. What happens? You go to a rodeo and some guy shows up with a brand new cowboy shirt and a brand new hat that's <laughs> out of the box, not shaped right. Yep. And what do we do? we we'll yeah. make fun of him. Why? They bought a resist all hat or an American hat. They, they bought Wranglers. They bought whatever. They bought some Justin boots. Yep. Notice I'm yeah. Notice. Yeah. yeah uh, do you think those companies don't want those people to, to buy those? And I mean, I see it on Facebook. Oh, this time of year, rodeo season, everybody. So time for those, he those, whatever they are, wannabes to crack out their hats. Why do you do that? Yeah. What? I, I don't get that. Um, Why would we shun people or push people away or embarrass people who paid money to come watch you rope a damn steer? Mm -hmm. I I never have understood that. We take such ownership of our culture that we push people away from it because we make them feel uncomfortable. You know, Fallon Taylor used to say, I look in the crowd and see girls in their Daisy Dukes and their Toby Keith scrunched up (laughs) straw hat and their shirt tied up around their belly. And I'd go thank them for coming. Cause they're fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, look at that damn Tim McGraw with his black straw hat. I don't care. I met Tim McGraw. He treated me wonderful. He he bought like twelve tickets to the PBR in Nashville one year. Brought his whole family, his his nephews and his brother. It was somebody's birthday. Security had to go get him and bring yeah. him up. He was great. I could care less what his hat looked like. We have a way. Uh, let me let me. Let me give you an example. Okay. I'll I'll let, and maybe this will shed some light to people. Uh, Rodeo people want every country music singers hat to be shaped like George Straits Mm -hmm. um, because George Strait is a cowboy. Yeah. George Strait is a team roper. Um, We, we had a guy tour with us in PBR one year and his name was Ryan Weaver and he was a former Blackhawk helicopter pilot, military guy, lost a, uh, a brother and a brother-in-law in in helicopter crashes in the Middle East. And uh, he got a cowboy hat and it wasn't shaped right. And he said, he told me a story. He said, I had this hat on and Larry Mahan came up to him. They were filming something and he said, let me shape that hat for you like a real cowboy. And Ryan said, no, sir. He said, bull riders and rodeo cowboys shape their hat a certain way. If I shape it that way, I'm just trying to be one of them, a fake cowboy. Mm -hmm. I'm not a cowboy. I'm a country music singer. I haven't earned the right to wear a hat shaped like that as a bull rider, as a world champion. I'm a country music singer. Mm -hmm. It separates me from you real cowboys, and I admire you too much to shape my hat like that. Hmm. That's a way to look at it. They're not rodeo cowboys. They're country singers. Embrace it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so that is one thing that very negative that I see I I think we whether it's ranching agriculture in general farming where people's food comes from the sport of rodeo sport of bull riding I think we've done a terrible job of being on the offensive to educate people as to I know the common thing is where their food comes from but they don't know where their food comes from. They, you know, when we go do a PBR in New York city, these people have never seen a cow or a bull. Uh, I got asked one time, why don't you guys use female bulls? He said, (laughs) well, that would be a cow. (laughs) You know, not a clue. We, and we grow farther and farther and farther away from an agricultural society. And it makes our society more and more unhealthy. Yeah. Um, and why is that? Why have we done such a Mm -hmm. bad job at it?
0: I I mean, well, I, and we've had, you know, we've had different guests on the show. We, as we talk about it and one of the, one of the words that comes up and it's kind of a buzzword out there, is sustainability. Well, there's a lot of elements to sustainability. You can talk about what I'm thinking of with sustainability is, you know, how are we going to be in business in 50 to 60 to 70 years? And if we don't be proactive, like you were saying, take the offensive of, you know, here's what we do and be, and, and not be so like, well, you don't do it like us so you must not be a real cowboy
2: yeah why why is it there are billboards talking about how cruel the dairy industry is i mean really what people truly protest they think you kill cows to get milk out Mm -hmm. they they think that's fact um why is it there's billboards saying that but not the other way there are in places but it it, you know it's it's about money yeah
0: it's very much about money but um well and it's just and and that is as you were saying about the further away we get from the family farm the more ignorant people come to really understanding this that yeah. that you're you're you know you're you want this but you don't realize that to get what you're getting at the store takes all of this in the background and that just doesn't happen when you a, a truck just shows up and hey, that, in the, hey true story there was a lady she worked for cbs or something it was
2: years ago that made a statement that. I don't know why people think they have to kill animals to get meat when you can just get it at the store like I do. <laughs> <laughs> people truly say that. Yeah. Um, the stuff we hear, it has done me. It has really educated me. The, the opportunities I've had with PBR to go to cities and do Q and A's with yeah. fans. It's we have an elite seat tour. It's mm-hmm. called, and I've done hosted a lot of them. There's thirty people, and we give it's just Q and A. Q&A. Mm-hmm. And that has educated me and opened my eyes more than anything to what people know and what they don't know, what they don't know about animals, uh, what they think we do. Mm-hmm. You know, these animals aren't in their natural state. That's the big thing. Yeah. These bulls aren't in their natural state. And I always ask them, what is their natural state? What? Well, out doing this is, I say, you know, they're not a wild animal. They're a domesticated animal. They, you know, if you want to, you know, when it's 30 below zero, we feed them mm-hmm. we you know and, and it's such a you know meanwhile they have just come from their 800 square foot apartment where they have two dogs locked up all day <laughs> yeah. you know i mean yeah. there's such irony yeah in yeah. what they do so it, it that's been an education
0: for me and mm-hmm. uh it, it's valuable yeah to me for sure well i think that's <clears throat> you know all valuable for all of us to understand here and in the in the ranching business that we just can't we just we do have to be proactive in what we're, in telling our story out there and yeah. I, and I feel you know that's w- rodeo and and PBR and and women's professional rodeo and and some of those kinds of things have are are a bridge yeah to that yeah and you know I'm sorry real
2: estate prices are what they are in Bozeman yeah. or Kalispell or Wherever in Wyoming, whatever part of Wyoming is yeah. really, really nice. No, <laughs> but that is reality. And it, here's what's funny. It, you probably hear this in Wyoming. Oh, we get one tough winter. It'll run them back to yeah. California. No, If you saw what they came from, yeah. no, that's part of the deal. And if you're a seller, <laughs> the real estate yeah. prices are great. I don't know what to do. I don't know that there's an answer. But guess what? Yeah. I... I I will say this. I spend some time in Bozeman. My girls are in Bozeman. I go in the grocery store in Bozeman, Montana. Everybody there is happy. Mm-hmm. They look good, they're smiling, they say hello, because they chose to live there. They have chosen Bozeman, Montana. I'm using that as, yeah, as an yeah. example. That they are happy because they chose to live there. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to live anywhere else. And I think a lot of the small towns around oh it hasn't rained oh here oh look at these out-of-staters coming in well they're leaving a little money too and there's so many different ways to look at it yeah but yeah. But yeah, I and I do not regularly watch Yellowstone. But if I ever get on the show Yellowstone, I will You'll start watch watching. <laughs> I've met all those guys yeah. like Taylor Sheridan. Yeah. Oh and, yeah, come on, he knows who I am. <laughs> How do you have a Montana show without me? Well, and they How even had that?
0: a they even did a, a event in, in the you know well that was a rodeo I guess a PRCA event they had there in as part of the show too didn't they? Yeah,
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. There's yeah. always rodeo scenes. So people always say you could be a rodeo clown at one of the rodeos. No. That's work. Like, hey, you build fence, you know, we could, you could be a fence builder on you. No, I want to be like the, the smart ass bartender in some scene. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Right. There you go. Am I right?
0: (laughs) Really quickly, let's talk about, you have a podcast, you have a show, let's talk about those real I quick. I do
2: a show for our streaming network for the PBR Ride Pass, which is on Pluto TV. I do a half hour show every week, mm-hmm. just kind of updating the week, it's fun. But mo- I work more, I do a every other week Every other Thursday I release a podcast. It's called According to Flint. Mm-hmm. We have a YouTube channel. And it's all the, on all the streaming services. I have had everyone from you got in on me recording one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, with Chad Burger. Yeah, I've had world champions. I've had Ty Murray and Cody Lambert, and Michael Gaffney, and Justin McBride, mm-hmm. all those kind of guys. I've also had country music singers, yeah. Ned Ledoux, Aaron Watson, Steve Warner was on, yep. um, Mark Wills. So a little everything I've had Mm -hmm. pro athletes Rick Sutcliffe who was a great pitcher Um, you know it it reflects me if I have somebody on it's because I'm interested and each episode's about an hour yeah and it, I enjoy doing. That's a big part
0: of my life, and mm-hmm. I enjoy it. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you taking the time to do this and join us here on our on our show.
2: I'm am real busy, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sure get me a tank of gas. I mean, it's like five no, miles. No doubt. Holy yeah. And you got
0: a lot of travel in the next couple of
2: weeks. Yeah. I, I, like you said, I'm PBR in Deadwood, and then uh, College National Finals Rodeo for a week where I'm not working. I'm just, just watching. To watch. And so nervous, I can't stand mm-hmm. myself. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go watch the goat NATO. My yeah, your daughter, age. Your daughter's yeah.
0: age is going to be in. That's right. So, all right. Well, Flanton, again, thanks for joining us. Always the one and only flint rasmussen our guest today on our program don't forget to check out his podcast that kicks out every other week according to flint you can find it on pretty much any podcast provider out there and also his show that is on pluto tv now if you're a pbr fan you probably already know it's there under the ride pass channel on pluto tv that's where you will find flint rasmussen's tv show as well well stay with us when we come back meteorologist don day will join us as we take a look at the long-term weather for The next couple of weeks across the country, you're listening to the Working Ranch Radio Show.
1: Whoa, Herefords are the efficiency experts for a reason. In crossbreeding systems, Herefords boost pregnancy rates by 7% and add
2: $30 per head in feed yard profitability. And Hereford genetics bring unrivaled hybrid vigor, longevity, and disposition. Now that'll stop you in your tracks. Come home to Hereford for more pounds, more calves, and more profit. Visit Hereford.org for a sale near you.
0: Ranching has been in the Hardgrove family for generations, and they know the value of keeping a ranch in the family. Hardgrove Ranch Insurance provides pasture, range, and forage insurance to ranchers across the nation. PRF Insurance is a USDA subsidized program that allows ranchers to insure against the risk of below average rainfall. Hardgrove Ranch Insurance utilizes industry leading custom software to provide the rancher with information they need to stay up to date and educated on their policy throughout the year. Hardgrove Ranch Insurance supports ranchers for this generation, the next, and those yet to come. Contact Hardgrove Ranch Insurance at 325-573-8975 for a free custom Quote or online at Hargroveinsurance.com. And welcome back to the Working Ranch Radio Show. I'm Justin Mills. As we head now into looking at our weather, meteorologist Don Day joining us here on our program. And Don, thanks again for joining us here. Uh, Just a reminder, folks, if you did not catch last week's show, Don joined us for the whole entire show as we talked about kind of the forecast and looking at long-term weather across across the, the whole country here for the next several months and into the winter of 2023. Make sure you go back and listen to that. Don, let's talk though now. And you said one of the things is making that transition into our spring weather patterns into more of our summer weather patterns. And we're kind of struggling with that a little bit.
3: Yeah, we are. We continue to see the Gulf of Alaska just continue to churn out storm systems. And while we are certainly Going to be experiencing some pretty warm temperatures uh, over the course of the next uh, week or so. There's going to be episodes where the pendulum is going to swing still. One one way to kind of know you're in a summer pattern is to see the establishment of a large high pressure system over the Southern Plains. As the jet stream wants to work its way more north, you tend to get high pressure over the central and south central areas of the United States. And that leads to more of an even keel with temperatures. But the Gulf of Alaska producing these fronts is gonna still cause some swings, ups and downs. And over the next week, uh, folks are gonna experiencing that, especially over a large part of the United States. I mean, right now, it's a little bit on the cool side relative to average for the nation's midsection, uh, while it's gonna be very warm in, in parts of the Rockies and the Southern Plains and the desert Southwest, but then, then we're gonna see a reversal. We're gonna see the central and eastern parts of the United States have a big warm up, um, while the western part of the United States is gonna have a big cool down. There's gonna be as much of a, as a 20 to 30 degree temperature swing by early next week and even some of the higher central and northern rockies could even see some snow early next week oh, Wow! nothing on the plains but uh when you get into the middle of june and you're still looking at snow up in the higher elevations you know that's that's an indication that spring is not quite going down without a fight yet
0: mm-hmm. i'm at a school here in billings as we were talking off air a little bit before we started and uh th- we got folks from all across the country and some dry spots that we you know we're hearing about is very north north central montana pretty pretty dry still and then of course that south central plains texas and and we even have some folks from mexico here they're dry any relief for that south central southern part of the country
3: there is going to be a little bit of relief uh there is some good news in the sense that that it's just really, it's good news on where we are with the calendar. Okay. Because we are gonna see a influx of subtropical moisture coming up out of Central America, out of the Baja, out of the Gulf of Mexico. And, and I do see the second half of June, um, a more frequent pattern of shower and thunderstorm activity for those Southern areas. Now we have seen some precipitation over the last five or seven days into some of those southern plains Uh, going back into southeastern colorado across kansas oklahoma parts of texas saw two days of heavy shower and thunderstorm activity lamar colorado one of the kind of ground zero for the parts of the western part of the southern plains that has been so dry got three inches of rain in two days so there's been there's been some good news and i do see some precipitation chances coming but then i have to go back and go back to something that everyone is tired of, yeah. tired of you and I talking about it is we're still in La Nina yeah, and yeah. the and the southern the southern areas are still going to experiencing the driest conditions, but at least over the next week or two, there's going to be some precipitation coming. And for folks up in north central Montana, you you want to talk about an area that's been snake bit, that Golden Triangle area up there, there has been a lot of systems going through Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Southern Montana, Eastern Montana, getting those areas some great precipitation, but that Golden Triangle has been missing. It's really just bad luck. Now I do see, that area having some chances of precipitation with this spring-like front coming in uh, early next week. Mm -hmm. All right.
0: Well, maybe some some good news for those folks uh, up in that part of the country and, of course, down the South Central. Thanks for joining us here. Glad to have you here on our program this week as we take a look at our weather. Thanks for having me. Meteorologist Don Day with a look at our long-term weather. His website is dayweather.com. And if you go there, You can find a link to his daily video podcast that he kicks out every Monday through Friday morning, or also you can find it by just searching on YouTube as well. Well, stay with us. We'll wrap up this week's show when we return here on the Working Ranch Radio Show. Do you know your break even for every group of cattle on feed? Performance beef users have quick access to real time accurate data. The technology simplifies feeding to financial data, making it easy to generate real-time closeouts, update rations, or analyze performance trends all in one place. Your feed, financial, and health information are integrated in one easy-to-use platform accessible from your computer, smartphone, or tablet. Find Performance Beef online to learn more and request a demo well as we bring things to a close here on this episode of the working ranch radio show i hope uh, for a lot of you folks out there you're able to get your spring work done i know for us here on the x-ring ranch it's going to be a busy week as we have branding this week and so we're going to be getting things ready for that and then of course once that is over we're kind of on the tail end of cabin and uh, mostly done with that and so we'll be getting ready for pushing cows out into summer pastures and kind of getting set there so i know that's kind of the the normal for a lot of folks out there as you hear and uh, i I know the weather's been a little bit spotty across the country we've been fortunate enough knock on wood here to be blessed with some moisture for we're sure thankful for that and hoping and praying for the some of you folks that have been in some pretty dry conditions that you'll see some moisture coming your way as well i do want to thank uh, mr flint rasmussen for joining us here on our program today appreciate him taking the time i know he's busy As you heard, he was headed down to Deadwood, South Dakota for their PBR event and then down to Casper for the college national finals rodeo that will be taking place next week and watching his daughter. So wish him safe travels and thank him for being on our program here today. Just another reminder, and I mentioned it earlier in the program when I had referenced meteorologist Don Day that last week's episode, episode 73, was all about the weather. If you missed that, you can go to the website at com. You can find last week's show as we projected out to the rest of the spring summer fall and parts of winter of 2023 a great show with with don day on that one also we've had some great other shows you know an easy way to get fertilizer in your pastures with the use of legumes if you want to hear all about that you can go back and listen to episode 72 and we've just had some really great shows here uh, through this spring on the working ranch radio show and invite you to go back and listen to those right now before we head out here today i do want to thank our sponsors of the working ranch radio show bobcat one tough tractor if you go to their website at bobcat.com you can use the build and quote tool to design your ideal machine also gelvey and balancer the smart reliable and profitable choice for more information you can go to their website at gelvey.org well the working ranch radio show is a production of of Working Ranch Magazine. And like the captain said earlier in the show, the next edition is on its way out. If it's not in your mailbox or on your kitchen table, it will be shortly. And if you have not got your subscription, you can do it easily by going to the website at WorkingRanchMag.com. Well, if you'd like to get a hold of me about something you heard or a topic you'd like us to cover, don't be afraid to send me an email at Justin.WorkingRanchGmail.com. At well, be sure to join us each and every week at the same time and same place or as i also pointed out on your favorite podcast provider as well thanks for joining us i'm your host justin mills and until next time keep your chin down and your mind in the middle so long